What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hey guys, you are locked on Falcons. I am your host, Aaron Freeman, and today I am joined by the co-host of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, John Ledyard. He's going to talk with us today about the Falcons draft class. You are locked on Falcons, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Falcons, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How you doing, Aaron? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, we last had you on to do a little bit of a combine preview, and I think we mentioned Tack McKinley on that episode, but I don't think we did any sort of in-depth discussion of him. I thought maybe it was more Carl Lawson and, and Derek Barnett, but um, he did wind up being the Falcons' number one pick, that is McKinley, of course, and since you're a guy that sort of specializes in, in evaluating edge rushers, what did you think of that pick, and what do you think of Tack's fit in Atlanta? It's a pretty good fit. Um, I think he needs development, but that's been successful so far with Beasley, and so I'd expect that that to be a similar type of curve with McKinley. I mean, he's a guy that I think the main thing is he's going to need some development, and and that's okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, even with the first-round guy. Really explosive out of his stance, quick up the arc. That's what you want to see from a pass rusher. You know, that's like the first thing you look for. Or he doesn't have all the tools. You know, I think he's a stiff-hipped guy that's going to struggle to really turn and corner uh, a little bit, but he'll have to get better with those to give himself a softer edge. I think his go-to thing is going to be a speed-to-counter move once he develops kind of a an inside move off of that speed rush up the top of the arc because I think he's going to have a lot more success getting tackles on their heels, trying to stop his speed to the corner, and then getting back inside on them. But right now it's more of a last resort for him than anything else. He doesn't really use it as a plan of attack. So that and I think uh, having a bull rush, uh, being able to get up under alignments, pads, and being able to drive him back, I think he's got the explosiveness and the power to be able to do that, but he's got to fix his pad level. He's got to fix his pad level in the run game too, I think, because he's got some issues at the point of attack where I think he can get buried at times. But if he's kept clean and able to use his hands effectively to keep himself clean, he has the athleticism to make a lot of plays in space and to be a guy that makes tackles for losses behind the line of scrimmage. So this was a little early for him, but the Falcons didn't have many needs. And so I'm pretty okay with them, you know, reaching. I thought Forrest Lamp would have been the preferable player, but I'm pretty okay with what they did here. And I think McKinley has a lot of traits that you can work with. Now you talk about his speed to power and I'm sort of, I'm at a little bit of a loss trying to look around the league and seeing some guys that um, can be high-level pass rushers with with their primary move being more of the speed to power and their bull rush as opposed to having that edge speed to sort of corner as you as you spoke of. Um, maybe a guy like James Harrison is is one of those guys. Would you would you put him in that category as someone who watches a lot of Steelers? Um, is is Harrison one of those exceptions? That's a high-level speed-to-power guy? I would say Harrison is, yeah, but he's really been able to work off of a kind of an initial little push on the bull rush to a rip move. That's his, really his patented move. McKinley's not nearly as good with his hands as Harrison is right now. So I think that he's more explosive, though, and so there's a decent ceiling there once he can develop. He just doesn't really have a plan of attack right now. He just kind of goes 
a thousand miles an hour and, you know, plays as hard as he possibly can. If he can just throttle down a little bit and pace himself and play with more of a purpose consistently, I think you're going to see a really good player, even despite some of the flexibility, mobility limitations that he has. Okay. Yeah. And it should be noted that Harrison sort of bounced around the league from Baltimore to Pittsburgh for three years before he sort of found mm-hmm. his niche. So um, I think that speaks to the development time that you often get in, in pass rushers. And I think with Tech, you know, he'll be able to be productive early because he'll get opportunities, but uh, he just may not come into his own until a couple of years down the road where we're talking about him being a relatively high-level pass rusher. Um, what did you think of the Falcons' next pick off the board in Duke Riley? No one sort of looked at linebacker as being a high-level need for the Falcons. Um, did that pick sort of catch you, catch you off guard? I think that, yeah, it wasn't really a high-level need, but I don't know how many, you know, once they addressed pass rusher and most of the best offensive linemen were probably off the board at that point, it kind of made sense to go get Riley because he fits their profile, uh, what they want at the linebacker position. I think he's going to really battle it out with Devondre Campbell for that weak side linebacker spot. I, I really liked Riley. I liked him more than Campbell coming out. I had a late second grade, round grade on Riley, so this was a great value pick to me. Uh, fits a pretty big need, I think, uh, eventually, because I think that he can be a guy that covers a, and plays every down as well. So I think that he offers kind of more of the full package than what I saw from Campbell and the little bit that I did see of him. And so I like Riley a lot. There's not a lot of depth at linebacker here, I think. So to me, he's a guy that can come in. You know, you could see how many free agents they brought in at the linebacker position. Um, they, they clearly wanted to upgrade some of the depth that they have there. And I think Riley gives them a guy that can start. And, I mean, he only started one year at LSU, but just the surprising instincts around the box. I think he replaced Deion Jones, actually, in their starting lineup and um, just – has a really good understanding of how to play the game fast and and work off of kind of contact into space and not battle blockers to death and, and stay square and get locked up real easily. But he just keeps himself kind of clean, keeps his feet moving, and doesn't take too many false steps either. So I'm a big fan of Riley. I think he's only going to get better the longer he plays, and he's kind of the perfect modern-day NFL linebacker. Yeah, and with Christian McCaffrey being drafted by the Panthers, having an upgrade at that speed position, not as if, Jones or, or Campbell were lacking in that arena, but having another guy out there that you can sort of trust and, and maybe not have to deal with sort of the substitution issues that some of these other teams may have to deal with just because they don't have the athleticism and the speed of the linebacker. So it makes a lot of sense if, if you're playing the chess game in the NFC South, I think so. Right. Yeah. And I think that they realize, like you said, they realize they have to have explosive athletes on the field. It's one of the biggest things that held Atlanta back for years, I think, when, when before uh, Dan Quinn came, because they needed to get better at the second level. They needed to get more explosive players at the second level that could match up a little bit easier in coverage. And now that they have that, it's making a big difference for them. I think it's still a defense that's growing and that it's a work in progress, but I think both their top two picks – help them along that path. And I think there'll be guys that can make an impact for them, especially in a year or two, I think. Now, what'd you think of their day three selections? They, they wound up getting the offensive lineman that I think a lot of people expected them to get a little earlier in the draft and Sean Harlow in round four. And then they spent uh, three fifth round picks to sort of bolster their depth, um, you know, on offense and in, in the secondary with getting DeMonte Casey, the, the cornerback who's probably going to convert the safety um, for the Falcons as a single high guy and uh, the tight end Eric Saubert and the running back Brian Hill. Do, did any of those picks stand out to you? 
Well, I like KZ a good bit. Uh, did they say they were going to move him to safety or yeah, just they, to like a, they're going to they they're going to try and develop him long term as a safety, but in the short oh. term, he might get some looks at nickel cornerback. Well, he's he would be like one of the tiniest safeties in the league, I think, five ten, one eighty four, and I not a lot of length, so I, I would worry about tackling maybe, but definite ball skills, which is probably why they lack like him there. The ability to kick into the nickel and cover in man as well, so I imagine he might wear a couple hats, but, but I think he he was kind of my last year. Brian Poole was kind of my day three. If you need a nickel corner, go get this guy. Um, and the Falcons got him, and then this year it was kind of KZ, and they got him, and so the Falcons are clearly on to the same nickel corner type of wavelength that I am but you're right there's not a lot of room at corner right now because they like CJ Goodwin Jalen Collins is a depth piece there you know that they hope to develop Desmond Trufant Robert Alford Brian Poole played great in the nickel last year so there just isn't a lot of spots it's just the reality right now they've got one of the more loaded up secondary groups in the NFL corner so I think he's going to have a chance to play a role though for that team even as early as this year um Brian Hill's a guy that I didn't really get it with on tape like the top four round top talk i didn't really see it with him but he tested like a pretty good athlete with great size so i think it's worth a pick here in the fifth round of 156 overall to see what you can develop um he, you'll see him grind at times uh, grind out some tough yards and then at other times it looks like he goes down way too easily to me um he's going to be the third back here so at least so um i think that you take all that with a grain of salt because i don't think it's going to be a high impact role unless people were to get hurt but I think that he's it's a decent pickup here. I, I skipped over Sean Harlow. I saw a little bit of him. I just think he's kind of a depth guard. You know, he pr- probably can start with a little refinement. Uh, I would imagine he can push push Hugh Thornton. Um, I've never been high on Thornton when I've watched him in the past. Um, but I don't think you're going to get like above consistently above average starting level play out of Harlow. But in the fourth round, you know, I don't know at one thirty six. I don't know that you're going to find that in many drafts. Um, and Eric Salbert in, in the fifth round. I love that pickup because I think he has the size and enough athleticism um, that you can really work with him. So um, overall, did you did you like the Falcons draft? Yeah, I did. I think that they addressed some needs that they needed to. Um, and like I said, I think offensive linemen could have been an earlier option for them potentially. But, you know, they obviously valued McKinley and I. Can't really criticize a team for taking a pass rusher. It's the second most important position in the game, in my opinion, and they definitely needed one. So once that was done and the second round pick wasn't in the bag, you know, then they, I think in the third round, were looking at best player available. And uh, with Pat Elfline off the board and Lamp, and I think Feeney had just come off the board as well, somewhere around there. Um, you know, I think that Riley made a lot of sense for them. So not a team with many needs um, and a team that, to me, as the roster to go back and repeat potentially this year and be back in the Super Bowl. Um, I just think that they got better this offseason and, and continue to add in the, in the draft. And, you know, if there's a weak spot going into the offseason, it's probably one of the guard spots. Um, but that's most teams would live with that if that's the only thing that stands out. Yeah, I think the Falcons are going into a plan with, you know, they, they're they're comfortable with four of their starters and, you know, hopefully – through competition this summer, the fifth guy will emerge and, you know, he won't mm-hmm. be a major liability for them moving forward. And I think with the, you know, as long as the other guys can stay relatively healthy, I think that will be a pretty sound plan for them up front. Right. Um, I, I, I'm curious with your thoughts on the pass rushers and, and sort of maybe McKinley, where some people have been a little critical because they didn't see him quite at the same level. Do you feel like it's fair to say that with these pass rushers, once you got past some of the top guys, it was more just like, what's your favorite flavor of, of guy? And, and it's understandable maybe why the Falcons chose McKinley because he was more the flavor that they were looking for at that position. 
Yeah, I think they've clearly value burst and explosiveness out of their pass rushers. You know, even you can look at Beasley and see that. Even Brooks Reed, that's probably his best trait uh, that he brings to the table. Claiborne, I think, would fit that as well. Um, so I think that they value those types of pass rushers. And um, Beasley also has the added advantage that he can corner at a pretty high level. Uh, but they don't mind Raw. They're not scared off by Raw. They drafted Hageman. You know, they drafted Beasley. They've, they've brought in guys like that. Um, I don't think that concerns them. Some teams, it bothers more, and they want more NFL-ready guys. Other teams want guys that uh, have the athletic traits they're looking for, and that's really what they care about and prioritize. And McKinley plays so hard, and he's gifted enough that he's going to make things happen, period. (laughs) Um, But once he gets to refinement, uh, and once he develops and and gets polished up, I really think he could be a nice player for them. Um, I don't think he's quite as going to be quite the player that Vic Beasley could be if he's able to get polished up. But McKinley's longer, I think, uh, longer arms and, and more powerful. And I think that will aid him as a pass rusher considerably moving forward. John, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your thoughts with me on, on the Falcons. And uh, what do you guys got on deck at uh, Locked On NFL Draft as well as the other platforms that you contribute to? Yeah, just uh, continuing to roll through post-draft content, talk about players and some of the fits with uh, some of the guys on different teams. And uh, we've made our way through eight different teams uh, out there on, on our last two podcasts. We're going to keep rolling, get through all 32 NFL teams and talk about their draft classes, kind of grade them out and, and see where the players fit and whether we what we liked, what we didn't like, and uh, what we see being useful this year and useful down the road. So should be a lot of fun uh, tuning in over there on Locked On NFL Draft. All right. And uh, if people want to find uh, Ryan Anderson slandering on Twitter, where can people find you at? <laughs> they can follow, find me at Ledyard, L-E-D-Y-A-R-D, NFL Draft. That's my Twitter handle. All right. I, I can understand where, uh, you know, I don't know how you felt about that tweet from Ryan Anderson earlier today, but uh, <laughs> I, I had a tweet from uh, Desmond Southward, uh, the former Falcons, uh, Saints, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Panthers said some uh, unkind things to me a couple of years ago. So um, <laughs> it was, it was, it was very funny. It's part of the business. It's yeah. part of the deal. You know, all these guys, they, it's funny to see how many of them search their names on Twitter, even guys who won't get into it with you. It's, it's pretty amazing how many of these guys have to look for their name to see what other people are saying about them, despite the fact that they're, you know, NFL players, like just go out and who cares, you know, yeah, but that's, that's the mentality. They're worried about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a certain, mentality you have to have to be a professional athlete i think especially a football player like uh gary gilliam i tweeted some things about the seahawks offensive line at the beginning of the season he he favorited the tweet and uh you know he actually played pretty decent games against the falcons um in the two games the seahawks played so maybe you know that was motivation for him that uh some of the tweets i had uh to to really show up the falcons maybe i don't know right (laughs) could be you never know yeah so um, again, once again, John, thank you for uh, coming on and talking with me and uh, look forward to seeing your stuff and listening to you guys over at Locked On NFL Draft in the coming days and weeks. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Well, guys, that's our show. And I think by now you guys know the drill in terms of how you can interact and get in touch with me 
Twitter handle for the show is Locked On Falcons. My Twitter handle is Falcfans. Uh, you can reach the email address if you want to submit a question or a comment or a suggestion. That is LockedOnFalcons at mail.com. Of course, iTunes reviews are always welcome and will be read on the air. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes as well as other multiple uh, podcast platforms. Uh, we have a Facebook page, Locked On Falcons on Facebook, Audio Boom, Falcons.com, or other places where you can leave comments as well. So um, send those in. A um, little shorter show than usual, but um, you know I think I'll be back tomorrow with a sort of a special NFC South draft review and having some of the various guests like Eric Robertson, Charles McDonald, and, and today's guest John Ledyard ask them some questions about what they thought about what the other NFC South teams did in the draft and their assessment of that. And I'll basically piece those um, snippets together into one episode so that you can just sort of get an idea of, of, of various opinions of the other NFC South teams. And I do think I'll try to bring on some various writers and, and other people from NFC South teams to talk about those teams' specific drafts uh, in the coming weeks, um, I do still want to do a little bit more in-depth draft analysis. And maybe next week I'm trying to put together some shows where it just may be like one player that we talk about for 15 to 30 minutes. And uh, just bring in some guests that can sort of drill down on one particular guy. There might be multiple tack episodes just because as the first round pick, he's the most prominent guy and, and the guy that, you know, I don't necessarily know if deserves the right word, but at least merits uh, probably the biggest conversation. But I'll try to do that for all six of our picks if I can. Um, it won't all necessarily come in order, even though I'll try to arrange it the best way. It just depends on if I can book the guests in, in sort of a timely fashion. But that's something to keep your eye on in, in the coming weeks. And again, we'll sort of... Um, at some point, I'll, I'll start talking about these undrafted guys, but I don't think there's any rush to get through these guys. Um, you know, it's May. Uh, you got to pad some of this stuff out a little bit uh, as we get deeper and deeper into the summer where there's a lot less things to talk about. So we'll continue this process. And again, if you guys have any suggestions on some of the content, I'm very open to your suggestions. Um, and if you can, those various ways I talked about before are ways that you can get in contact with the show. So that's it. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with NFC South Talk. And uh, then we'll be back next week with more draft-related content and any other upcoming news involving the Falcons. All right, see you guys tomorrow. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.